Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show. We have a very special broadcast to you tonight. We are on Thursday night, primetime, 8 p.m., getting ready for the Backyard Bowl. This broadcast will also air on Saturday at 9 a.m., Sunday, 7 p.m., and Monday at 4 p.m. on 103.7 WKRM. With me today, I have four special guests. I'll just name them off, then I'm going to introduce somebody to you. I have Kevin Creech. He's the CHS Athletic Director. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I have John Farmer, the Spring Hill High School Athletic Director. Thank you. I have Mr. Chris Pointer, the Murray County Public Schools District Athletic Director. Yes, sir. Always fun to get on the bus. It is on the bus. Fun on the bus. And I have with us Mr. Clayton Harris. We are going to be talking a little bit about the Backyard Bowl and what you can expect for this Friday's game. Thanks for joining us tonight on the special broadcast of the Big Yellow School Bus. Chris, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us some uh, intro on what's happening tomorrow night at Spring Hill High School with Columbia Central versus Spring Hill High School for the Backyard Bowl. All right. Thank you, Jack. Uh, so so let me just kind of start off. We're still, we're still kind of holding on to the title of Parks Motor Sales Backyard Bowl. I mean, they helped birth it. We're still using it. Didn't feel right going out getting sponsored dollars with the uncertainty of COVID, um, but he's been a huge supporter uh, of ours in Murray County for both athletic programs at Spring Hill and at Columbia Central. And it, it's only right to keep it that way and only kind of keep him tied to it in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> but uh, it's just another way for us to show a great appreciation to all the stuff, all that he has done uh, for this community in athletics. But as far as, you know, the game Friday, what you can expect is a game. It's going to be high intensity. Uh, you know, the kids have been kind of isolated since March. School is now getting started back, and they're just going to spread their wings and play great football on, on Friday. And that's what I expect. I expect a, a, a high-energy game. I expect it to be exciting. I expect it to be close. Uh, and I expect it to be fun. And I think it's going to be energetic. And I think uh, both teams have been preparing and revving up for this moment in the uncertainty of, of COVID-19 and all the chaos. I mean – to get back to playing football on Friday night that many would have thought we would never be at this point uh, says a lot about just the hard work and effort, uh, one, by the TSSAA to, to get this going and rolling out, but then also both of our athletic programs. I mean, we're still prayerful for Friday, but anything can happen between, <laughs> between now and Friday uh, that could impact the game. But, you know, as it stands right now, we're planning to, to push ahead and – these two guys right here have done a tremendous job as ADs. Uh, you know, they've had a, a extra amount of work placed on them uh, in the season of COVID that normally isn't there, and they've done a phenomenal job. Uh, and and that's really another reason why we're able to get the game going and playing on Friday. I guess before we get into the actual game part, we have both athletic directors here, as you mentioned, and we have yourself, the uh, countywide uh, athletics director. Let's talk about what it's going to be like going to this game. Number one, it's a sellout. Tickets were sold early this week. It is a sellout. Capacity is going to be limited based on the TSSAA guidelines. What all can spectators expect 
that are going to this ball game, uh, you know, tomorrow evening. So, per TSSAA, and I and I and I'll pass it to Mr. Farmer to 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 add any and fill any gaps and holes that I leave out. But you know, one of the things that TSSAA TSSAA did in conjunction with the governor's office, and I found that out that they planned all of this out really at a table at the governor's office and just really kind of planned out how this would look rolling out athletics. And so fans who were entering the game will be temperature checked. They will get COVID screening questionnaires, and they will all be mandated to wear masks. Now, that's very distinctly different than our county as a whole and even our school system as a whole. But because we are part of the TSSAA uh, affiliation, that is a requirement. So anybody that's preparing to come to the game on Friday will be mandated to wear masks. There will be six feet of social distancing while in line. They will be required to get temperature checked. They will be COVID screened. If they don't pass the COVID screenings or the temperature checks or refuse to wear a mask, they will not be able to enter into the game, unfortunately. It is what it is. It's not something that we are excited and thrilled to have to put people through, but it's just the nature of the season that we're in in COVID, and that's just what we'll have to follow. But uh, I will turn it over to Mr. Farmer because I know he has some other details as far as how the layout, parking, and all that other good stuff. Yeah, when you arrive on campus, I've, I'll have barricades directing people into the parking lot. and I don't have anyone driving up where people are standing in line to get in or anything like that. Um, so when you when you go up, I'm, my hope is to have four people running screens um, at the main gate. And then for the pass gate, I will have one person running screens. We, of course, we won't have as many people at the pass gate. Um, but all those things that Chris said, you know, not our rules. We didn't make them. We're just tasked with enforcing those rules. Uh, we're pretty fortunate. We had a test run last night with the soccer game, and things went really, really well. Of course, that crowd is not as big, so. but hopefully, you know, people want to get out and see sports, that they'll comply and whatever. I will go ahead and tell you that um, if you don't have a face mask, our assistant principal, Mr. Godfrey, has some Spring Hill High School face masks for sale. <laughs> <laughs> so they will be readily available at the gate. Well, I, I'm sure uh, yourself and, and Coach Creech, neither one expected that, you know, a year ago that you would be having to, to go through all these different things to prepare for a game on Friday night uh, as, you know, it, we're – in unprecedented times, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, this has taken you guys a while to prepare and plan this thing out. Number one, give us the number of tickets that were sold for uh, Friday night's game. We sold 900 tickets in about 25 hours. Wow, wow. And, and the capacity at Spring Hill High School is typically what? Its seating capacity is a little – over 1,800. So we went at half of that. Um, actually, we have a little buffer zone for people with TACA passes and Tittlebus-Loy passes and um, county badges and things like that. Uh, but we kind of rounded down a little bit to have a buffer. Coach Creech, uh, obviously we're, you guys are on the road this week, but uh, talk about some of the steps that you've taken to prepare because next week you guys hopefully will be hosting – Dixon County here at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Yes, that's correct. Um, just got new signage for uh, our athletic facilities. It says masks are required for entry, 
be prepared to take a temperature check. Um, we are using online ticketing. So we've got the luxury of having a away week um, for football, but we do start tomorrow with volleyball. And that's going to be kind of our litmus test like uh, Spring Hill had for soccer. Um, we've talked to our coaches. We've tried to put the word out. Um, we've contacted the Daily Herald to tell say, hey, can we, can we get some information out with you guys? Uh, we're using all our social media and website links uh, as best as possible. Um, I, I think someone will say, well, you can overprepare. No, you can't overprepare with COVID. There's no way because, um, John, I've had several conversations in the past two weeks, and every day there seems to be either a new question on my end or a new situation that he's got to express to me as how they're going about it. Um, so we've even – you don't even think about this, but concession stand, what about that now? That was um, going to be my next question, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. And um, I know for, for uh, volleyball this Saturday they have Katie's Hope tournament. So there's like nine volleyball teams, including Central, that are going to be there. They're doing food trucks. Because I said, look, they can swipe cards. They can do all that. Let the food be outside. Let them take care of that part. Now, for uh, the football game, we are still trying to work with our OTC program. Um, they had a parent meeting last night. They have not gotten back to me yet. Um, but their parents were trying to figure out how the best way they were going to do it. Um, I, I, they know food trucks are a possibility, but I think uh, what John has come up with is actually an excellent idea for concessions, and I'll let him take that step. We've got uh, – we're basically doing grab-and-go. So uh, we have grab-and-go bags. You can get a burger bag with chips or Buffalo Wild Wings with chips. That's in one area. Another area we have a candy line. Another area we have water or soft drinks, so you have to spread out to go to those things. Uh, I can go ahead and tell you the prices. If you want a burger and chips, it's four dollars. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and chips would be five dollars. Uh, all candy is one dollar. Water is one dollar. Soft drinks are two dollars. We would like for people to bring exact change, so you can just hand them the change, get your stuff, and go. That's gets people moving through the line. They don't congregate. Um, that's probably been one of the more challenging things is figuring out how to do concessions. Uh, I'm sure. Um, you know, I was involved with the Columbia American Little League this year, and we went the food truck route and it was really successful. Uh, I, I thought considering, you know, uh, you know, we were just fortunate that we were able to have a league. And, and that, that kind of gives me a lot of confidence that this is going to work. Uh, we were able to make it work all summer. Hopefully it'll, you know, Pending nothing happens, um, it's going to continue to work at the high school and junior high levels. Um, moving on from concession stands, let's talk about the band. Uh, what what will be the situation with the bands? Usually, you know, that's a big part of the football game, usually a couple of hundred in each band. Uh, what is the status of the bands for Friday night? First of all, I would love to have both bands there. But like I told Kevin, we we just don't have room right now. Uh, if we had room, that would cut down the number of ticket sales. Um, our band is going to be there in temporary bleachers in the south end zone. That is the plan right now, but the plans are ever-changing. Yeah. But that, that's where we are right now. And, and to me, I kind of like the idea of you know our band plays, their band plays, they go back and forth. I love that. That's one of the best things about high school football. Uh, but we – we just can't do that this year with all the stuff that's going on. But that's our plan right now. Um, our band for away games, they're not going anywhere. Uh, they're only playing home games. You know, 
we're going to see how this goes Friday night. And, and to add to what what uh, Coach Farmer said, I mean, he, that that was a well thought out plan because even if you take Spring Hills band and you put them in the bleachers, you literally cut the ticket sales down by a hundred. So by putting like a smaller kind of pep band or just band in general in the south end zone and just playing throughout the game allows more fans into the game. And that was a well-thought-out decision on top of – and then, unfortunately, you know, with Central's band and, you know, reducing 900 ticket sales to 600 and we sold them in, you know, 25 – I mean, 25 hours, we sold 400 of them probably less than – in probably two three hours. So that would have put us in a – in a tough spot with a lot of people that would have really, really wanted to see their kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews, you know, at the game. Uh, Coach, uh, what what is Columbia's uh, stance? Are they just going to have the band at home games this year? Yes. So right now, I had a conversation with uh, our band director, Trevor Booth. Uh, no, Trevor Baxter, excuse me. It's Blair Booth and Trevor Baxter. Uh, I spoke with Trevor yesterday, and we both uh, worked out a plan where uh, they're not traveling on the road. They're going to be at all our home games. We will not allow any visiting band to come in just because it does cut down on those things. Um, if you're looking from the home side to the visitor side of the stands, our band will sit in the section to the far left. So they'll actually be sitting on the visitor side because they can space out a little bit better there and be playing towards our fans, which will be actually probably a nice little twist for, for, for our fans to say, hey, now we can – I know you can hear the band, but – now they're playing to us. So that might help out as well. And um, it is going to take up about 100 tickets from our um, our allotment. Now, we're fortunate enough our stadium is a little bit bigger, so our 50% capacity is 2,000 total. Um, but thinking about bringing in extra seats, I might just talk to Trevor and say, hey, do, do you want to maybe sit on the berm? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm not afraid about thinking about outside the box and I, I'm not saying it's going to be doable, but if it would help us sell a little bit extra tickets and he's not opposed to it. I mean, I just thought about that sitting here. Going, maybe the berm would be a good idea for him. And we'll, we'll cross that path when we get there, but um, that's what we have in place right now. And uh, I'm excited. They are going to be performing during halftime and they'll be doing the regular thing, but it's 95, 95 kids in the band spread out on the uh, visitor side. Kind of shifting gears a little bit towards uh, the athletic teams themselves. Um, you know, I guess this would be for, for both of you guys at the schools. It's been a challenge. Um, I know Columbia has had to deal with some positive cases over the summer. What about Spring Hill, Coach? Did you, did you guys have any positives that you had to deal with? Yeah, we had a couple. Uh, none in football. Uh, some other sports, but uh, – uh, we were fortunate in that none of those people ever came to practice. So it wasn't parents contacted and said, hey, this is what's going on. Okay, we tell them, don't come. And we quarantined them. So it didn't affect other athletes by coming to practice. So we were very fortunate in that situation. We unfortunately had a couple of cases that were popped up and they, uh, we had some exposure and working with Mr. Pointer every day, um, I would say I've got the Batman phone. I mean, I pick it up and go straight to his voicemail. Like, it just automatically dials Chris. But working with him <laughs> in Murray County Schools, we were trying to we, we adhere by the rules as best as possible, make sure kids were quarantining. Um, I think, for John, you can probably also agree on this maybe. Things change literally every day, sometimes every hour. 
I walked in, everything was fine. An hour later, our school nurse said, hey, by the way, we just got this down from central office who got it from the state department. And so it's like, oh my goodness, what's the change? And therefore there's things that have changed. Um, what our coaches dealt with in July as a quarantine process is totally different right now, um, especially if they're in the same household. So there, there's things that we're, we're dealing with and trying to take case by case. I'm not trying to get too far out. I'm taking today as it is, and when tomorrow comes, we'll figure that out from there because there could potentially be something new rule-wise. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I can say about you know all of our ADs and these two in particular, there isn't a week that goes by that we're not talking about something, whether it's athletic-related, how to make it better, and then you know, COVID, respectfully. And that is the only way, honestly, that I can tell you that we have collectively survived this thing. And when I do mean collectively, I do mean collectively. From the principals, the ADs, to making decisions immediately and quickly to possible situations that have popped up. You know, I'm on my phone right now getting text messages and emails about situations in various schools that are happening right now. And so... um, you know, we've just locked arms and said, look, we're going to get through this together and we're going to try to provide the best athletic experience uh, for our student athletes, for our fans, for the students and the schools in general. And it's just really required everybody just to kind of be on top of it. And let me say this. Chris has done a great job leading us through this whole thing. This is not easy. And for one man to be the voice and have to share this sometimes bad information with whether it's the athletic directors, a principal, or a school system, or a single sport, Chris has done a great job. And I'm sure that he gets those emails going, why this, why that? But it's got to be there for a reason. And I know uh, from knowing Chris for a long time, he doesn't do things without logic and reason. And not every day do we agree, do we, Chris? <laughs> no, <laughs> that but, be good. <laughs> but but uh, we work it out, and we he knows I'm on his side, and I know he's on my side, and we've got each other's back, and I'm sure John feels the same way. Yeah. But, yeah, Chris has done a great job leading, so I don't want him to pass that off saying coaches and ADs. No, no, Chris has been one of the best leaders. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's, I don't know how many times I've called his cell phone this summer, and if he didn't answer, he called back within 10, 15 minutes, whatever. But it seemed like we were in constant communication, and there were lots of times where – you know, things could have got shut down, but he came up with ideas on how to keep us going, and uh, I'm just fortunate that it happened. Appreciate Chris, that, guys. Thank you. Chris, how are you going to handle all these accolades you're getting today on the radio? <laughs> Man, listen, I'm going to pass the love because <laughs> we'll be talking about something here probably at 10 o'clock tonight. I mean, it's just that's True. Just the nature of the beast of what we're living in and dealing with. And so, I mean – I mean, the reality of this thing is is that it's not – I mean, yeah, I got to speak for it. Yeah, I got to send emails out. But this ain't happening without the people on the front lines. I mean, I, I mean, they can show appreciation, and I'm grateful for it. But these folk on the front line, these ADs and these athletic programs every day, all day, and dealing with crazy folk, and, 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 I, and I don't mean that lightly. I mean crazy folk. And having to balance it all out to articulate – us having to enforce rules and regulations and keep kids safe and fans safe just so we can have athletics and sports goes beyond the level of commitment and requirement that these people signed up for. And what that just shows you is that they have a true passion and heart and love for their for students, people in general, their coaches, and the love of the of the sport. You know, Friday night under the lights, and we've had sports across Murray County already. 
but football is a little different. And under the lights on Friday, when about 8.30 or so, when it gets dark and the football game and you can hear the fans and there's a band playing and there's all this buzz, for that moment in time, I guarantee you, people with mask on or not or whatever's going on in those stands, for those two hours or three hours, you will forget about everything else that's going on. All you're going to be focused on is like a sigh of relief, that life that you remember is life as you remember. And that's what these individuals are making happen every day on the front lines. And so it's it ain't happening without commitment. It ain't, I'm telling you. That is very true. And the accolades given to you are well-earned. Thank you for that. And we are going to get more into the meat of what's going to be happening Friday after the break. So we're going to talk about the teams, the players, and maybe who's going to come out on top. Maybe some predictions. Thank you very much for joining us. Big Yellow School Bus will be back after the break. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show. We're glad you're listening. We're here with Kevin Creech, CHS Athletic Director, John Farmer, Spring Hill High School Athletic Director, Clayton Harris, Kennedy Broadcasting's General Manager, and our own Murray County Public Schools District Athletic Director, Mr. Chris Pointer. Thanks, guys, for coming. Let's, um, we talked a little bit about what you'd expect at the game this Friday, um, some of the precautions that are going on, and the limited seating, and that the game is sold out. Let's talk about the game itself. Let's talk about um, what's going on with each team, like, uh, do we have injury reports like they do at the NFL and all that kind of fun stuff? I'm going to turn this over to Clayton Harris and let him go ahead and give you some questions. Yeah, well, Jack, let's actually – we'll start with Mr. Farmer. You know, look, looking at the past couple of years, uh, Spring Hill's been 2-18. and 18. Give, us, uh, give us your thoughts of where the program is at currently and what your expectations are uh, beginning this Friday night. Uh, Coach Martin – is taking on this uh, the endeavor of building better young men. And uh, wins are important, yes, but he wants to build better husbands, sons, uh, brothers, you know, fathers in the future. And it takes time to change the culture. And this, these two wins in the last two years has kind of been a a product of that and yeah we haven't we had lots of games where we were right there and we could have won there were lots of games last year we had the lead going into halftime there were moments we just didn't capitalize on everything so we're hoping uh this year that the you know these kids have been around long enough and they can close that gap and learning how to win is important it takes a while to learn how to win, and unfortunately you have to lose a lot of ball games to learn how to win. But, um, you know, this culture change is really important to him, building the better young men. He read a, a book. Oh, what was the name of the book? Uh, Coach Fisher recommended it to him, Season of Life. Yeah, Season of Life, yep. 
And after he read the season of life, Coach Fish read that, went to Coach Martin, said, this is what we got to do. And he started that process. Uh, he's got our kids. They read books now. And they have book discussion groups. And some people don't quite understand what has that got to do with football. And because uh, all they see is the win column and the loss column. But once he gets this thing turned around and he gets these kids to understand that they're building something bigger than just a football team, it's going to turn around, and we're hoping that this year is the year. It's my understanding uh, that this may be the, one of the larger freshman classes you guys have ever had. Yes, he's got a lot of kids coming in. I think it was maybe about 30, something like that. A lot of kids coming in. This year with freshman class. That's really good news. And, and you, you've seen over the past couple of years some success at the middle school level, and, and you got to figure that it's going to translate at the varsity level. I know our, our, our football coaches work with our feeder schools and those coaches to build a rapport, uh, work some terminology in. So when the kids get to the high school level, they're not having to relearn terminology and things like that. They work closely with the middle school coaches. Coach Creech, uh, uh, same question for you. Uh, give us uh, the state of the Columbia football program, uh, where it's at, where it's heading uh, uh, here in this 2020 season. Well, we've got 85 kids on roster, which is which is good good size group of kids for a 5A football, especially when we had spoken earlier. Jason took his program over and had about 35, 40 kids on the roster. Uh, so he's grown the program. Uh, we've got 20-some-odd freshmen, 20. Uh, now – understand sometimes those numbers fluctuate because kid coach shows up in June, doesn't come back, <laughs> just stop coming. So, um, but right now that's what we, we've got. Um, we've got a new offensive coordinator, Scott Tillman, and there's a lot of question marks with him, but I will say this. I have not seen anybody more dedicated to coming to practice, working with the kids, working with Coach Hoth on all sorts of facets of the game. I mean, the, the guy's dedicated, and I, I feel comfortable with – Scott going forward with this game Saturday, uh, Friday night, and I know she's probably got those first first game offensive coordinator jitters, but um, I think after the the first kickoff and things kind of get settled in, he, he'll find his groove and he'll do real well. Um, Coach Oath has got um, a good core of guys coming back for, for from from his coaching staff, and the biggest challenge I think for Coach Oath will be his line. We lo- we lost all our linemen last year. Now, Carter Sidlowski's coming back, and, and that's gonna that, he he will be a, a good um, foundation for our line. But you still you replace your lines, you're gonna have some trouble there. Um, but Jason has told me he goes my 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 eleven on offense and my eleven on defense. They're good right now. They're good. Now some of them are playing both ways, so that's gonna be taxing. But um, uh, Christian Biggers is coming back. We're expecting a good year from him again. Um, we've got Kalen Hill coming back. Uh, or actually kind of coming back. Uh, and Brady McCann is under center. Uh, he, he impressed us last year at the tail end, took us through some things uh, as a younger quarterback, and now this year is senior year. So we're like, hey, let's see what you got. So I think there's there's a lot of um, optimism right now in the football team. Going forward, obviously continuing to grow. We uh, improved our old back gym into a new workout facility where it's turfed inside. It's got more racks than ever. Uh, I think there's eight rack sets up setups um so uh, the football program is investing not only into a game preparedness but like hey let's get healthier let's get these things done what are we working on now so they're, they're taking those steps improving the facilities and uh, working on inside the lines let's say to get ready for the seasons speaking of the game between columbia and spring hill 
Uh, the overall series, uh, as was mentioned earlier, I believe it's twenty-two and one, or twenty-one and one. Uh, this will be the twenty-third matchup. Uh, but just looking at the last four, listen to these scores: Columbia thirteen, Spring Hill twelve. Uh, Columbia thirty-one, Spring Hill twenty-eight. Columbia thirty-one, Spring Hill twenty-one. Columbia thirty-four, Spring Hill thirty-three. That's fifteen points in four games. Um, Mr. Farmer, I know, uh, particularly two years ago, uh, that that was that was a tough one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and, I, and I'll say it now: if that game had, had been played the the entirety, of that game had been played on Friday. I say you, it. You Spring get, Hill would have won. Uh, there's no doubt. Spring in my Hill. Mind. I say it. Spring Hill would have won. There is no doubt. Um, but unfortunately for you guys, it was finished on Sunday, and. Um, I believe Columbia had a guy by the name of Darian Davis that made a huge difference in that ball game. Um, but this has been a very close game. Yes. Uh, it, this isn't what we saw 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's more evenly matched now. Uh, what, what are your thoughts going into Friday night as to uh, uh, the Raiders' chances uh, of getting that win? Because I think I think a win like this at the beginning of the year is, is what could set the tone for each team the rest of the way. Uh, I think it comes down to execution. You know, last year we had games where we executed well in the beginning of the game and had a lead, and then we made a few mistakes and things started to snowball on us. I think if they come out, they have a good game plan, they execute their game plan, they limit their mistakes, um, you can give yourself a chance to win at the end of the game. And to be honest, that's, you know, as a coach, as a fan, that's what you want, a chance to win. Unfortunately, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, but you just want to be in a position where it gets down to the end. And it seems like the last, what, four, maybe five games, it's come down to late-game mistakes. that, Or just a simple thing is I think last year we missed two extra points. Mm-hmm. It's just an execution. Mm-hmm. You, you execute those, it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, a couple of years ago, I remember we had Tylen Oden had a fumble inside the five-yard line where we were setting up a chip shot field goal. Yep. Just little things like that. If we if he just holds onto the ball there, we probably kick it and win. You don't know that we make it, but the chances are it's basically an extra point. Um, we just have to limit those mistakes and execute, and hopefully we can pull one out. Well, I know, I know. That's got to be what Coach Martin and the guys have been thinking about all all season. Is we were so close the last two years, you know. I, I'm sure that that has been on the forefront of their minds as they prepare uh, for Friday night. Now, Coach, you, you've been on the other side. Uh, you know, a win's a win. You know, yeah. It's funny how quick you move on after a win. And go, okay, we got another game to play because the win we got what we were working towards. However, I'm pretty sure Coach Hoth and his staff go, hey. We're, we're getting by the by the skin of our teeth. And Spring Hill is not the Spring Hill of 15 years ago. Um, we are getting that lucky bounce where Spring Hill has not here recently. And I know our coaching staff is not just saying, hey, we're going to look towards Dixon County or we're going to look towards something. No, they know this game is the big game. This is the game that um, – it's kind of like the iron. In essence, it's like the iron board. You can, lose to, you can lose to everybody, but if you beat Alabama, well, Auburn fans are happy. And it goes for both ways. I mean, if, if Spring Hill says, hey, we, we may not win anything, but if we beat Columbia, we're good for the rest of the year. And Columbia's for this almost the same thing. 
Um, it's a feather in the cap for that team uh, who wins. And um, we've been on that side here recently uh, and longevity, obviously. But recently it's also been like, wow, we, we were able to get that win. Um, and that's not easy to do. It's not. Now, now the one win that Spring Hill got back in the fall of 2003, that game was at the end of the season, uh, or towards the end of the season, if, I, if, if I'm correct uh, on that. It wasn't game one. No, it wasn't. It was probably game seven, okay. somewhere around in there. So, so It was cooler that night, I could tell you that. How do you guys like putting this game at the first of the season? I think it's great. Chris and I have talked about this before because both teams come in with a 0-0 record. There's a lot of anticipation going into the season. Um, was that something you guys were able to work out uh, to, to make that week zero well, game? It was, it was really, to be honest, it was Jason and Ben. I mean, mm-hmm. it was their idea. I mm-hmm. mean, they both kind of felt like there's a lot of hype leading up to the game. Um, let's just kind of go ahead and – get it and get it done because you know we've had years where we're getting ready to play central and the week before we play central we don't play very well because we're thinking about central mm-hmm. and, and that might happen to central i don't know i haven't the only time i see them play is when they play us so i don't know if that happens but i know that happened that's happened to us a lot so jason ben got together and said hey let's just go ahead and play at week one and then our other big rival was Summit. We played them week two. So yeah. we kind of get that out of the way. And it also, we you know, we're both undefeated right now. Right. I mean, that, yeah. you, you, right. you can't hype any more than two undefeated teams going at it. But if, you, if you're playing week seven and you've got one and six versus five and two, it doesn't quite have the same luster to it. Coach, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, I like it. I mean – I wanted to process it when it first the first change, but when you go into it and both teams are 0-0, both teams are going to the state championship, both teams got 1,000-yard rushers, both teams got Division One caliber play. I mean, just the hype and the talk because that's what happens before the season starts. You six or seven games in, then reality sinks in with what type of team you really are. And so the first game of the season just makes for a great story. I mean, you got a ton of storylines coming in. You got, you know, Spring Hill trying to redeem themselves from, you know, two previous seasons. You got Central High School trying to keep it on the right track, you know, and, and some of the struggles that have been there, new offensive coordinator. You got players that are coming back, and everybody's trying to, you know, show what they can do, coaches and players. And then the fans that you add in the mix on top of the trash talk that's going on on social media, and the game is amplified. And and it, as, a, as a district athletic director – Honestly, you would want these games every Friday night. You know, if we could produce a Central Spring Hill game every Friday night, for one, the, 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 the accounts in both programs would be ideal. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about anything. But the players will be better for it. I mean, the level of competition and the, the way that they got to come out and play, I think that's why the games have been so close and so intense. It puts a lot of pressure on you to make certain decisions on the fly. It's intense. The players can't miss a beat. And so it elevates the level of play. And that environment is what we want to create Friday after Friday. Same environment we want to create in volleyball. Same environment we want to create in softball, baseball, track and field, all of our other sports because our athletes are better because of it. So, As the uh, countywide athletics director, what are your expectations, not just for Columbia and Spring Hill, but Mount Pleasant? What, what are your expectations for – 
specifically the football programs uh, as you see fit? State championships. I mean, that's that's the expectation and the goal. But to to add to that, it's like a 1A, 1B, is we do want to build programs that produce quality young men and quality young women who can go out there and change the world, who are exemplary citizens, who give back, right, who coach Little League baseball programs and, you know, come out on top and win, you know, the championship or may fall a little short. But the impact that they have in those young people's lives matter. And that's what we want to see happen. But at the end of the day, right, in athletics, right, there are two different wins and loss columns. There's win and losses on the field and then those wins and losses in life. And so, you know, you take the caliber of the program when you look at it 10 years from now and you see what type of men and women these young people have become once they've left their respective programs. But in the present, you want to see state championships. And I don't think there's a single coach in our district, at least I hope not, because if it is, they've been faking it in front of me, that doesn't want to go out there and compete and win a state championship. And as a Murray Countyan and as a district AD, I get no greater joy than out of those two things when it comes to this respective subject is competing at the highest level, winning championships and winning ball games, and producing and, and creating better young men and young women. You know, we did a a big yellow school bus a couple of weeks ago with yourself, Jack, and I, and um, you know, you we, we were talking about how you would like to see games like this every week. Mm-hmm. And I th- and you mentioned the count, so I think you know where I'm about to go with this. I already know, Coach. You've done it, but this is to you. Okay. When can we expect to see a Columbia Columbia Academy matchup? <laughs> you said I wasn't going to like all these questions. I told you. Uh, <laughs> that is something that we are we leave up to our football coach, um, only because he's the one that sets up the schedule. Now, there's a lot more goes into it than just that because we have to have an open weekend, and Columbia Academy has to have an open weekend. Now, I have said this, and I will say it again because I put it on the radio one time. Playing a single A, how does that help a five A? Prepare for Summit. How does it help? It doesn't. How does a 3A help compared to a 5A? It helps a little bit more. So we're not looking to do, hey, let's go play our little sister or little brother, excuse me. I was really not. I'm a Columbia <laughs> Academy alumni. Sorry about that, Uh-oh, folks. Oh, it's getting but, intense on the radio. Playing your, the, the, the younger sibling in the city, how does that help us? Now, yeah, it'll sell tickets. Well, but we're not going to sell. We're not going to sell. They're not going to buy enough tickets to make that game worth it for us. They won't be able to hold us. <laughs> well, the the way some would argue, I would argue that Roger White's got to be real happy right now. By the way, <laughs> number one, they are single A. Yep, but we all know that they bring kids in from everywhere. Everywhere, that, yeah, but they also bring kids in from this county. Mm-hmm. And I'm and, not about to start advertising our kids so they can bring them over there. Well, now I will say this: coaches can do what they want. I have told them that our softball coach played them, our baseball coach played a preseason game against Columbia Academy. They're not the they're not they're not a bad place. Don't let me get you that wrong. But when you're looking at it from an athletic standpoint of who do we need to do to prepare to win state championships to get to that next level, a smaller school does not help us do that. When you're talking about hey, let's play the political game, that doesn't need to be done either. Well, I would disagree with you slightly. Being I know you will, you Chris, are, because you and I being disagree. That you are a CA graduate. <laughs> see, see, athletically and in the moment of competition, neither team is going to play like the division that they're in. The game is going to be amplified times ten. 
So you're going to get the same level of energy, the same level of focus that you would out of a Spring Hill game and probably times 10 the first couple of games just because this has never – this hadn't happened. I mean, a Central CA game playing it, whether you played at CA, whether you played at Lindsey Nelson, is going to be at an all-time high another level. And you can talk about being the lion and the king of the jungle – but you got to prove it on a night like that. Well, let me let me throw something back at you then. Hold on. If we're going to do that, let's talk about old school rivalry, Mount Pleasant. I don't disagree. Mount Pleasant and Central because that was listen, the rivalry in basketball and football. Listen. And let's start with that if we're going to play a 1A school. Listen, I don't disagree. In a county with, school, listen, public school. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think personally, if I'm setting a schedule, I'm putting Spring Hill on there. I'm putting CA on there because if I am a coach or individual that's – over a program, I want to prove that I'm the best in the county. That that There is no better way to get players from near and far than to hit them in the mouth and beat them. That's, that's me. Oh, I know. We've but talked about I'm it before. Just, I mean, uh, they did a Mount Pleasant Spring Hill basketball game during the day. During the school day. During the school day. It was awesome. I mean, so absolutely put Mount Pleasant, put Spring Hill, put CA, put all of them on the, on the schedule and just go at it and compete because – when you have internal rivalries like that in the county, now are there some that won't be able to compete as high as the others? Yeah, absolutely. But when you ever elevate that level of competition and that level of intensity, I mean, that's what people want to see. And that's what the kids will wake up and get prepared for. Because either you're going to play, either it's going to reveal that you can handle the spotlight in the big moment or it's going to reveal that you can't. And, uh, I mean, that's, that is what gets you prepared for the state championship. That Those bright lights, that intense pressure, when it's – Coming down to a final play, and you got to make a call as a coach, and you got to deliver as a player. The only way that we can create those moments is a backyard bowl, or a Spring Hill Central game, or a Spring Hill Summit game, where everybody knows each other. People go to church with each other. They grew up with each other. You know, all of that. People, <laughs> people talking crazy on social media, and you know, people making side bets about. It. You know, all of that stuff is what amplifies the game and the intensity as to whether or not you'll be prepared when it comes time for a state championship. That is the beauty behind what happens in Rutherford County, what happens in Williamson County, you know, and, the, and, and even Metro and, and Shelby. Before we go to break, uh, since we are talking, we, we mentioned single A. Uh, both, both schools, uh, Spring Hill and Columbia Central, co-op with Kalioka and Santa Fe. Uh, can you guys tell me what, what kind of participation level are we seeing from each of those schools uh, on this year's rosters? Do you have any idea how many kids perhaps you might have? I don't think we have any – maybe one kid from Santa Fe playing football. I can't – I don't think we have any, to be honest with you. We, we've got about six or seven that are on our roster right now, and I apologize for not knowing the exact number, but we do have uh, a good handful and uh, – Young man named Luke Reichman, man child, man that kid. <laughs> the guy's a big guy, and he's a good kid. And we appreciate them sharing him with us. We have we have more kids that play some of our smaller sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had lots of kids from Santa Fe come up and play soccer with us. But as far as football is concerned, it's not that many. All right, thank you so much. We have been here for this special edition, the Thursday night Big Yellow School Bus. I can't tell you how much how how great this is going to be to be aired on a Thursday night before the big 
backyard bowl game. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll finish up shortly afterward. See you then. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus on this special Thursday evening broadcast talking about the Backyard Bowl, Spring Hill High School versus Columbia Central High School. Actually, it's the other way around. We're at Spring Hill High School this year. Um, We are here with Kevin Creech, John Farmer, Chris Pointer, and Clayton Harris. Thanks for joining, guys, and thanks for the discussion. Um, Let's talk just briefly. We have a little bit of time here left. Mr. Creech. What are your thoughts on this Friday's game? Now, this will air on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday after the game, but tell us for this Thursday night broadcast, what are your thoughts for this Friday night lights? I'm expecting a lot of atmosphere. Even though the crowd is limited, it's going to be it's going to be electric, and I think both teams are going to be fired up to ready to go. Um, obviously, we're looking for Central to come out on top, uh, keep that winning streak I going. I think that's one prediction. Winning streak to go. I'm not giving a score. <laughs> no, uh, no, no scores. <laughs> but – but I think uh, both teams will come out on all cylinders, and the coaches are going to be ready to go. The crowd, whatever the crowd is, they'll be they'll be amped, and uh, it's going to be a fun night. It will be a very fun night, and um, as Coach Farmer just said, the team that scores the most points will win. Yes, <laughs> that is true. The team that scores the most points does end up winning. Um, Co- Director Farmer, give me your thoughts on well, Friday night's game. As the host team, we have a lot more on our plate than Coach Creech does. He just gets to kind of show up and watch the game. It's easy on his part, right? One week. I actually (laughs) like the road games. I can just go watch. Uh, But, yeah, the crowd's going to be excited. I know our kids at school, they're excited. Um, I've seen some of the banter going back and forth between the student bodies, as always. Uh, Our kids are pumped up. Our coaches are excited. So it'll be a typical – Spring Hill versus Central football game. There's, there's nothing like a Friday Night Lights rivalry game. First game of the season, undefeated teams. Two undefeated teams. I'm, I'm hoping we can come out on top. If, I think if we come out, take care of the football, play good defense, I think we can we can get it done. All right, Director Pointer, what are your thoughts on this Friday Night Lights game? Man, uh, it's going to be electric. It's going to be a magical night. Uh, you know, I mean, these for a lot of these kids, and I've said it before and I continue to say it again, this is their Super Bowl. You know, this is the SEC-ACC championship game. For I some like of them, that. it's going to be the biggest game of their life. And, and, and they might not get a chance to play a bigger game. I mean, this game is bigger than just a game, given what it all entails. And to be able to play a crosstown rivalry that's I think they're separated by 11 miles, you know, it takes you 10 minutes from one school to the next to get there without traffic. These kids grew up with each other. Some of them are family members. They know each other. I mean, the parents know each other. The coaches know each other. I mean, it's it's going to be an intense, fun atmosphere where you're going to see great football in Middle Tennessee. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I'm excited for I'm, – I'm, I'm really more excited for, you know, the coaches and the kids and all the hard work and everything that was put into to get to this point just because – People really cannot understand 
the amount of effort that it took just to get to this point this year in 2020 in the midst of COVID. So this game is far more important than just a football game that will be played because the reality is we were actually facing what could have been what happened in the spring where all athletics got canceled and shut down altogether. And to be fortunate and blessed enough to be able to get out here and play football and to get be out there and go and play this type of game on Friday is huge. And so regardless of which team wins, it's really going to come down to which team executes X's and O's, which team wants it the most, um, which which team can settle the butterflies and the emotions um, and just, you know, make the big play, make the small play, you know, and, and make – you know, make the necessary efforts and adjustments down the le- down the latter part of the game. But the game is going to be electric. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And uh, my hat's off to both ADs. My hat's off to both coaches, all sets of players and both administrations uh, for really getting to a place where we can make this happen on Friday night. So I'm excited. I'll be there masked up, ready to see the game live and in action, and, you know, may the best team win. All right. Thank you, Chris. And we'll go ahead and ask Mr. Harris, what are your thoughts on this upcoming Backyard Bowl? Well, uh, if history is any indicator uh, over the past four matchups, I I think it's going to be a close game. I think the average is about three points is the difference uh, in the the last four matchups. I know uh, Coach Creech mentioned earlier that uh, Brady McCandless will be the quarterback for Columbia, and I believe Luca Bolin will be the quarterback for – or for Spring Hill High School, and both guys have some experience at the varsity level. I know Luca was the starter last year. Um, I'm interested, and I got just another question uh, for Coach Farmer. Um, you've had some changes on your staff uh, with your defense coordinator and your offense coordinator. Uh, can you tell us, give us a little preview of who who your new offense coordinator is, who your new defense coordinator is, and what you expect to see out of those guys? Uh, Matt Brown's calling the offense. And I believe Ben is taking over calling defense. Yeah, that was kind of so, a late change, yeah, uh, right, as things were starting to get going. We we are quite unfortunate that we – all of our football <laughs> coaches are non-faculty coaches. We don't have a single person on our faculty who coaches football. So, it it's, you know, it's a, all coaching you have to make adjustments. So, they've had to make adjustments and – and here we are, and we'll hopefully we've made good adjustments. Um, you know, obviously uh, you can listen to the game on 103.7 WKRM, uh, but also Jonathan's uh, uh, grill up in Spring Hill is going to be broadcasting the game live That's on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're not able to get into the game, you can go up to Jonathan's and, and watch the game from there. Uh, and also, I believe we wanted to give a big shout out to Robert Rogers and the folks at Parks Motor Sales, uh, who have been the sponsor of this game for the past several years. Uh, you know, I know things are kind of difficult now. There was a lot of, you know, uh, questions in the air whether or not we were even going to get to have a season. Uh, was it going to be the option two that th- that was voted on just a couple of weeks ago, and then the governor's order changed everything and put everything back in the motion for a full season? Um, so I don't believe they're going to get to be as big of a part of this game as years past, but they still have, have done so much uh, for Murray County Athletics and, and the Murray County community. So a big shout-out to them. And, and, Coach, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Huge thank you to Robert Rogers. You know, it's still the Parks Motor Sales Backyard Bowl. We love 
we are so appreciative for what they've done and what they do. And, uh, you know, just excited about Friday night and uh, continue to allow them to be a part of it, you know, under the circumstances. And so great, great level of way for us to say thank you to them and, and just honoring this game, you know, with their name and continue to press forward and, you know, looking forward to Friday night. Gates open at 5 p.m. o'clock. 5 p.m. So I, I'm, I'm assuming you would recommend to get there early. I would. It's going to take a while. It took us a while to screen in people for the soccer game. So we know with that many more people, it's going to take a while. But I'll have more checkers. But just the whole process, and we're still learning. We, it was all brand new to us, the scanners and all that kind of stuff. So it, there, there's going to be some some slip ups. You just got to be patient with us. Well, I think uh, I think that's a reasonable request, considering where we've been and where we're going, and the fact that we're going to get to play football, yes, which is absolutely. what everybody wants. So everybody's got to do their part by uh, being responsible and and doing what is asked. And uh, I know, uh, as uh, someone who's one of the broadcasters for the Columbia radio broadcast, I am thrilled that we were able to get this thing going, and I'll be joined. By our new play-by-play man, Mr. Lee Maddox, uh, this Friday night. Uh, he, he will be handling the football duties this year. And uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. Uh, for basketball this year at Columbia Central, we'll be joined by uh, Mr. Barry Duke, who will be coming yes. back after many years away um, uh, to do the play-by-play for Columbia Central basketball for the men's and women's. And he'll be joined by – a former point guard at Columbia Central, Brandon Levere. So, really, yes, who is actually an intern here with us at uh, WKOM WKRM. So that's awesome. That's excellent for yeah, us. That's that, awesome. That's 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 going to be a be a great deal. So, uh, guys, we really appreciate it. We'll kick it back to Jack here to close us out. Guys, thanks so much for coming. The microphone kind of went around the around the table and uh, bumped another. Um, Thank you for joining the Big Yellow School Bus, Mary County Public Schools Talk Radio Show on WKRM-FM 103.7. This broadcast is going to be special aired Thursday night at 8 p.m. We hope you have time to join us over Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for our rebroadcast. As Clayton said, you can listen to the game Friday night on 103.7 FM WKRM starting at 5.30 p.m. for the pregame and the game live at the game at 6.45 p.m. Um, thanks again, guys. We appreciate everything you guys do. Getting ready for this classic backyard bull rivalry. We do appreciate everybody listening, and we look forward to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 7 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.